You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We are here back with another morning drop. Transfer wide receiver Shane Hooks from Jackson State commits to Auburn. Y'all know we got to talk about it right here. Morning drop style. Let's drop it on him. Now, now listening, listening to, to the War Report. Morning drop Monday, May 22nd. Your guy Ike Jones in here with B Will, and we are dropping in, talking a little bit more about Auburn football and the transfer portal. B Will, how we feeling this morning, man? Man, feels like we had that episode questioning who's the transfer portal king one day too early. If if only they could have hit us up and let us know what was coming. Man, I mean, more more on the way. Trevon Reed definitely did say that they weren't done and they were not done yet. He wasn't playing. Um, yeah. Uh, Shane Hooks has made it official here. Uh, Jackson State transfer wide receiver. And um, he comes in at 6'4", 205 pounds. Another big receiver yeah. for Coach Hugh Freeze. I think I had said one time before, Coach Hugh Freeze has a type. Yeah, he does. He does. He has a type. type. He he wants big body receivers that can move, big catch radius. There is a certain type that he has pretty much for all positions, but it's manifesting itself right now at quarterback and at wide receiver. Yes. Yes. Um, so Shane Hooks, I haven't had a chance to look at a lot of tape. Of course, I've looked at highlights. Definitely impressive. I think it's interesting his nickname is, well, before we get into all of that, nickname's Hollywood, but you guys need to be doing all the due diligence, which is sharing the video, right? Like, go ahead, share the video, get some more people involved in the conversation. I definitely want to hear what the Auburn family is feeling. How are we feeling this morning, Auburn, uh, in regard to the new edition of Shane Hooks? We'll talk about the DB tomorrow a little bit, but today we're giving Shane his due diligence. Like the video if you haven't already, and subscribe to the channel. It makes us feel good when we see those numbers going up on the subscriptions and the likes. But anyway, nicknamed Hollywood. Yep. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens now with this wide receiver room and how he factors in to the entire depth chart situation. We talked a little bit about kind of how we felt as if Shorter was an older, more experienced version of Camden Brown. Right. Yeah. This feels like another older, more experienced version of Camden Brown. So now it's going to be super interesting to see what this wide receiver room competition is going to look like Mm -hmm. in the fall as to who is going to get wide receiver one reps on the outside receivers. Yeah. Who... You see what Hooks... Well, I saw Hooks' highlights. Okay. Correct. Highlights. So as, highlights. So as, and I'm, as, I'm getting into more of his film during this week. So give me a little okay. time. Yeah, yeah. So so as you are want to say, highlights are not the same as watching his tape. Right. His tape, which is play in, play out when he's blocking instead of running, when the ball isn't going to him, but he's out in the route. What is he doing? Um, how consistently does he catch passes? How does he catch his passes? How good of a run route is he? A run uh, route runner is he? But probably more to our uh, concern is when he is covered, when he is in the end zone, when he is double covered. How effective is he 
at catching passes, making something out of nothing from the quarterback. This seems to be as excited as everybody is, but also from his production. And that's that's an important differentiator here. Shador Sanders was good at Jackson State. Like, he's a very mm-hmm. good quarterback. So it's not surprising that they would have the opportunity to get their wide receivers the ball. But this was the leading wide receiver for Shador, which more than likely means some measure of trust over other targets when it comes to, you're going to get it when I throw it to you. You mm-hmm. are going to catch it. You are going to get to the right spot. I know you're going to be where you're supposed to be, at least somewhat. And again, we we can't project forward exactly how much he's trusted over the other ones and how much better he was than the other wide receivers. But we know he was the most productive. And I think with the quarterback that they had, that that should get everybody excited. That level of production right there was more than, uh, I mean, definitely more than any individual wide receiver for us the last couple of years. But man, uh, whoo, 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 man, I, I hope I hope some of the guys we want to see get on the field get on the field, man, because that's it's it's feeling more and more like are we going to see the guys that we were hoping to see grow this year? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to, 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 like I said, to say the least what happens this fall uh, because we did feel like it was going to be Camden Brown getting a, a bunch of targets this season because he was going to be the big body receiver in the mold of what Q Freeze likes. And then he went out and got two guys just like him with very limited uh, eligibility left. Right. Um, that, uh, just like we said with the quarterback situation, it feels unlikely that they went out and got these two guys and didn't say to them, you have a good chance to start here, right? Right. Um, The interesting thing about Shane Hooks, and I couldn't talk about this without taking another opportunity to dunk on Lame Kiffin. He was initially committed to go to Ole Miss and decommitted, and now is at Auburn. Lane Kiffin last year, uh, Mr. Fourth and Kiffin, Mm -hmm. Mr. Troll everybody on the internet. Lost a big body receiver commit to Auburn just recently. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels really good for L. Miss to take another L to Auburn in, yeah. reg- in regards to this uh, whole portal situation. Especially considering Lane Kiffin was supposed to be... This was the big sticking point for a lot of people about why they wanted Lane Kiffin to come in. He was going to turn the program around quickly right. because he does so well in the transfer portal. Not only is he getting his butt kicked in the transfer portal, he ended up with a worse freshman recruiting class than what Coach Hugh Freeze turned in in his first season. Yeah, yeah. All the is to kick their butt on the field. Yeah. There, there was there was some exaggeration over how good Lane Kiffin was in the portal because, number one, they still lacked the regular high school recruiting to field a competitive team, so he had to dig into the portal the same way we have to dig into the, the portal right now because we have had roster deficiencies for years so yes Hugh Freeze it, had it's worse than Kiffin's situation because it's not like last year was his first year exactly he's been there for what three years already yeah. three full seasons right so he shouldn't be having to do this but he does still have to do this Hugh Freeze is here and he has to do this and he did it much much better <laughs> so this is this is a, a wonderful win they're gonna say that they snatched Ukwu from Ukwu, us, but yeah. um, if you believe... He wasn't committed to us, though. Right. He had he not decommitted from us to go there, yeah. which is what Hooks had, uh, has, has done here. And also, I think uh, there were reports that he wanted 
some promise of playing time, a promise of starting snaps. And this staff wasn't willing to give him those promises. So he said, all right, well, I'll go over here. And we said, okay, cool. We'll see you uh, so, at anyway, some point this year. So, yeah. uh, yes, this was a win. This was a slam dunk on Ole Miss. Not, not so much on Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss just, they got really, really excited over having a coach who people know his name. Lane Kiffin still does not have a signature win at Ole Miss. Not one. Not not he has n- not won anything significant. The, the if you want to say, hey, we got second place in 2021, second place in the West. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Um, hang the banners. But no, they haven't won anything significant. Last year they went from seven and zero to seven and five. Ooh, ooh. Mm, 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 mm. Right. Yeah, we got. I think we got the right coach. Yeah, I mean it's looking really good right now. You know, and and we have to ask the question again. Portal King, is he the guy? Is is he at least performing the best in the portal in our conference, right? It's arguable whether or not somebody could say nationally he's performing best. Who's better in the SEC this year at filling positions of need in the portal and doing it with quality? I don't know that you have an answer in the SEC of anybody who's done it better this year. Nobody's done it better than Hugh Freeze this year. But also, nobody has had the amount of deficit in the roster that, well, Vanderbilt, you know, I mean, uh, the only comparable, I say Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer has actually done a really good job. I haven't paid attention to his portal. He definitely has done a good job in the high school recruiting. He's done well in the portal though. He's done pretty good in the portal. They just, they haven't had as many gaps as we've had. Um, so when I, I'd be looking just at the college football news and I see somebody who's come up from group of five or even from, uh, 2A, what was Division 2? It's not called F- FCS. FCS. Mm-hmm. A, a player that's noteworthy that people are like, hey, this guy can play. He's been productive. And he commits to South Carolina. I say, you know what? That fits the bill. Shane Beamer, dynamic personality, friendly guy. He's been good at recruiting both high school and portal. So I don't think he came close to doing what we did because we had so much to improve. There were only two people, I think, who could have taken a vibe for that crown. It could have been Hugh Freeze. If you want to say at Vanderbilt Clark Lee, if he were able to turn over his roster because he lost a lot in the portal. Missouri as well. needed to, to do Missouri some work in the well. portal. That's true. And um, Ole Miss because Ole Miss, Arkansas needed to do work in the portal because they lost yeah. guys this past season. Um, Florida had some work that they needed to do in the portal this offseason to be able to bolster. I mean, they went. So let's just go quarterback for quarterback of people who brought in people in the portal. Who do you think had the best? And maybe this is a conversation for a whole other topic. Who right. is the best portal addition in the SEC at quarterback this year? Ooh, that's a ooh. conversation I think that that's fair to have. You got Devin Leary in Kentucky. That's You've right. You've got right. Um, Graham Mertz in Florida. You've got us um, that brought in the portal quarterback. Uh, Ole Miss brought in somebody who apparently is not even going to start. I still don't understand that whole situation with Sanders and Ole Miss. Um, I don't know who Vance is going to start at quarterback. <laughs> I do. They were. I recruiting. mean, you you were not a Spencer Sanders fan yeah. from the very beginning. Understood. Yeah. Um, trying to think, is there any other transfer quarterback that's going to have potential to start this year in the SEC? I don't know what Vandy's situation is. We know South Carolina is going to be starting somebody. Bama brought in a transfer quarterback. Eh, like right start though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, I just don't know. Like, I I think it's it's probably Devin Leary right now, but I'll have to go back and take a look at everything. But um, the situation around Devin Leary is he going to have a better season? Yet to be seen. Right. Right, right. So definitely, I think Hugh Freeze has done enough, I think, to be easily the best portal guy 
in the SEC this year. Debate as to whether or not he's the best in the country, uh, but he's definitely done enough, I think, to get the respect necessary in his recruiting prowess and bringing in talent. Going to be very interesting to see what Auburn is going to do in the fall, specifically in this wide receiver room now, which has gotten way more interesting as far as what the conversation is of who the starters are going to be or what your really eight deep rotation is going to be around the first four because we're going to play a lot of four wide receiver sets and then who is that second wave of four that's going to come in here war report family you are listening to the morning drop where we talk about the most recent and relevant auburn sports news we broadcast live from the war reports youtube channel on monday tuesday wednesday and friday mornings at 10 a.m eastern 9 central time you're welcome to come watch it live but the live chat is reserved for our youtube channel members only so come on by become a member and get active in the best auburn sports community on the webs we'll be right back after we pay a couple bills Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We're talking about wide receiver and we are going to get it kicked off with Frank Taylor, who French Taylor, excuse me, who jumps in with a super chat and says, any updates on Markel Bell? I would like Freeze to get this very athletic offensive tackle. Um, No updates as far as I've heard, heard on anything. Bell. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, he was the, what, 6'9", like some ridiculously yeah. large-sized really, really human being, <laughs> uh, Juco player that we had entertained bringing in from the portal. Have not heard any updates as to whether or not that is still a thing, um, but yet to be seen as to whether or not we are done. Uh, Haley says, let's end the debate. Freeze is the portal king. She says yeah. she feels like we hired the portal king, and that is Hugh Freeze here at Auburn. Yeah. Um, Austin Holland says, how many fades we see in getting tossed in the red zone this year? Plenty. You, let's, let's get to the red zone. I would like to get to the red zone and uh, and see what we got. Uh, but I, I can't imagine that this staff is not going to do the obvious thing. Put the big bodies. Listen, if there are regular wide receivers, it's not like they'll be package guys. Hey, they'll be on the field the entire time. We shouldn't even have to change personnel because the way it's looking, we're going to have a lot of big bodies to put out there. Camden Brown, shorter, hooks. Everybody, guys over 6'2 or over. I just, I'm, I, it's going to be incredible, man. Like, I'm, I'm putting a lot of confidence. Again, I'm trying not to get hyped up. Let me stop. I got to stop. I'm trying, I'm not going to get hyped up. <laughs> they, they're not going to get me all excited about the season before it starts. I expect many of a fate will be thrown. I'm going to stop right there. I am hoping. Last year, I was begging for it. This year, I'm going to beg for it again until I see it. Um, I thought we we underutilized our ability to have the hype matchup with Camden Brown and Landon King last year in the in the red zone. And hopefully this year, I, I, I feel as if that's just going to be a standard part of what we do once we get down into the red zone. We're going to spread people out, ISO our big receivers on either side, and have them pick their poison. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go and try to double both of these guys on the outside and prevent the fade? Do you have a lockdown on one side and you can double the other side? If you're going to do that, that means you're pulling a safety out of the middle. So we're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. Or we've got Rivaldo Fairweather that's now going to be matched up solo with either a linebacker or a safety. That is a lot of problems that happen when you get into the red zone, when you have big body receivers like this. And we I now have about Fairweather. Four. Oh, I forgot about Fairweather. It's about to be crazy, man. It's We've got enough firepower to be able to be 
I won't say unstoppable, but very difficult to defend inside the 20 because what happens as you get closer, right? Like it gets more compact in there, but it also means that I don't have to go as far to be a threat to score, right? Like a 10-yard route now that is schemed properly is essentially a touchdown if we spread them out far enough wide. Like if you can stretch them horizontally, now I've got more room to work in windows, right? Like I don't have the depth and layer situations, but I've got more windows that I can work within. So, you know, my uh, elementary understanding of how football works has helped me to be able to get to the place where I understand those things. I'm working on it though, you know. You're doing a great job, by the way. I, you know, listen, man, I, I I watch a lot of films so I can educate myself and hopefully other people are getting something from that. You know, at least I am a couch coach and not just a couch potato or something like that. You know? Oh, yeah. Auburn does not like potatoes. At all. Yeah. At all. Uh, Dana Jones, are we done yet is the question. The answer is, I don't know. We kind of um, have to be, don't we? I don't think we've got more scholarships. I feel like we are at the scholarship limit, but this is the caveat that I give to this. Powell Gordon is still listed on Auburn's website as an Auburn Tiger. He has not yet officially transferred, so he left his ability to come back open with Auburn, I think, and I think they're honoring his scholarship at this point in time. Okay. But because he's in the transfer portal and as the rules state in the transfer portal, Auburn's not required to acknowledge that scholarship. Like they can revoke it because he decided he wanted to leave. I don't know if he's currently counting towards Auburn's scholarship number. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, I mean, excuse me, if he is, they could say, hey, we need your spot. Let me give it to someone else. If he's not, then I think we're probably close to that upper limit. So, um, I'm actually not sure right now what our scholarship number count is, uh, but it is possible that we're not done. Um, so I, I'll, I'll give a yes, but maybe not to answer that. I don't know. Right. Um, Daniel Plainview says, interesting that Hooks didn't follow Dion to Colorado. Freeze is the true portal king. You know what? I, I have been thinking about this, right? So we, we mm-hmm. all saw how charismatic Dion Sanders was at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. How he seemed like such a magnetic personality. He, we had as soon as he got hired, and the portal, uh, the first portal season, I guess you could say, opened up. All these players were like, "Hey, coach!" Actually, adding him on Instagram, on on socials, to say, "Hey, come holler at me. I'm 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 available." Right. People seem to be tripping over their feet to get out there, and then a really interesting thing happened. The order of college football, the pecking order, I guess you could say, reestablished itself, and nobody wanted to go to Colorado for real. Players who had a chance at the top-tier conferences, at the top-tier programs, they went to those top-tier programs. I can't think of a situation where we lost a player to Colorado when we had an option to get them here. We had an offer out for them here at Auburn with our NIL structure, with our facilities, with our uh, campus. I don't know if Dion at Colorado is going to be able to be something transformational. Uh, A lot of hype, and deservedly so. We know Dion Sanders knows football. like That's without question. We know he knows how to at least build a, a program because we saw him do it at Jackson State. What we don't know is if any player is going to care that Deion Sanders is at Colorado when 
all the infrastructure set up at the major programs exists, and it's much more beneficial and attractive to really good players. I don't know if we see this turnaround that everybody thinks we're going to see, and not because he can't do it. He can be a really good coach, and I've often said this about Nick Saban in Alabama. Nick Saban is only possible at Alabama because it's Alabama. Colorado is not a, a national powerhouse with these years and history of tradition and all the resources in the school geared towards making football good. Like, that's an advantage that Alabama has. That's an advantage that Georgia has. That's an advantage that Ohio State has, that o- Oklahoma has, that Texas has, which is very interesting that they have been trash for so long. There is some natural built-in advantages of big programs that Colorado doesn't have. And so far, I don't think Prime is going to be able to overcome those disadvantages because he's going to be trying to recruit those guys. You can get a Travis Hunter and your son to come, because, and they're really good players. But can you do that repeatedly? Because that's what Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State do. It's not just I got the one or two and the rest are okay. It's my whole roster is fours and fives, and I'm not missing on threes and fours because my low threes and fours are going to get developed right. into being NFL players. I don't, I don't see, huh? I don't see the advantage of being at a, a lower tier power five school for Dion. His personality needed a bigger program that could support his vision, his personality. I don't think Colorado's going to be able to I just don't know that he was going to get a shot at a bigger program without proving he could do it at the P5 level, though. Like, he had to take this as a proving ground situation of like, all right, you guys don't think I can do it. I did it at Jack State. People didn't think I could do it. I'm going to come to Colorado. I'm going to do it again. And people don't think I can. Now, whether he succeeds at Colorado, that's yet to be seen. But they won three games last year. Right. I mean, there's a lot of room. For there is a ton of room for improvement above yeah. a three-win season. So if he gets them to a freaking bowl game next year, they're right. going to be dancing in the mountains. Which is which is possible, right? Um, I In no way was this me going, hey, I think Colorado's going to be just as terrible before he got there as a, after. He, that he's not going to improve it. Of course he can improve Colorado. The talent's already been improved. But what I'm questioning is, is he going to be noteworthy along the names of the people he's been compared to as far as his influence on a football program? I don't think he's going to be able to turn Colorado into a USC out West. Like, I don't think that's what's in the books. It's seven, eight wins, maybe nine in a really good year, and then he goes to the next job. I don't think he's going to have national success. I think he'll have Pac-12 success is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, Question here from French T. Taylor says, Ike, is Colorado broke and ugly or just broke? It's a really good question. Um, the answer to that is they're more broke than ugly, but they're still not cute. Yeah. They've at least done something in their history, right? Like they've got pedigree that shows that at some point in time, they were a good football program. Yeah. Um, they've just fallen off. Like they are the the one that was like, not necessarily bad at high school, but like, oh, yeah, she's kind of cute. Still <laughs> cute in college, but then like later on in life, it's like, oh, life got to you, huh? Like yeah. one of them situations. So, but still, still, but you know, because she's broke, she don't really have options right now. So, need to lose a little weight, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, get the curves back in effect, get a little bit more money, and then, you know, hey. Do it, and it's possible. An improvement is possible for Colorado, but then not going to be the bell of the ball. 
And yeah. the chat is saying it was only one win last year. Oh, that's even worse. I thought they won three games last year. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I gave y'all more credit than you deserve. So, they, listen, he can double their win total. Yeah. That's actually <laughs> very sad, considering they're a Power 5 program and they had to have played some group of five or FCS schools in that schedule. Right. Listen, nowhere to go but up. Well, I could guess you could win, lose all your games, but... Um, I really hope that's not the case, man. All right, last one here. AU alum 94 says, who really cares about being a portal king? Build the team you need through the portal and recruiting. Very happy that Hugh Freeze addressed the needs of this team so we can be competitive come fall. I care, AU alum, about being portal king. I don't want him to be perennial, the, perennially the portal king because right. that means that we're having too much to address through the portal. But I need my coach to be able to fix deficiencies in a competitive portal market because now this is the new reality of college football. If you're not good in the portal and you're not going to be automatically just getting five stars because of the name um, that's on the front of your jersey, you better be good in the portal. Yeah. You better be. Yeah. Because let's look at the model of somebody like a Mel Tucker in Michigan State, right? Did really well in the portal, but not great at the high school recruiting. So he right. had to try to reproduce portal success and couldn't do it. Right. You have to be good year in and year out in the portal until you've proven that that one portal year wasn't a fluke. Right. Exactly. You've got to be able to prove a track record of being able to do this year in and year out. And there's just, there's the, the window of opportunity is not high for you to build a program this right now. Right. And high school recruiting is, Definitely the way to go for longevity, but you have to be able to do them both at the same time mm. while you're building. So I care about him being really good in the portal because that means if next year there's going to be an issue where we get a we're going to have a lot of guys graduate. Look at the roster. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to contribute or will be solid two deep guys that won't be here next year. Right. There's going to be a lot of kids that didn't get an opportunity this year because of how well we've done in the portal that are going to transfer. He's going to have to be good in the portal again next year. Yeah. Mark my words about it. No matter how good the freshman class coming in is going to be, because I believe we're going to have a good recruiting period, mm -hmm. he's going to have to be good in the portal again next year in order to get to year three where we're winning nine, ten games perennially. Right. 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 So it matters to me. It might not matter to other people. Yeah, agree, agree. Well said. It, that that's the importance. The importance is you got to do it now because you got to do it now. You have to do it this year. You have to do something so you can be attractive as a destination next year. Right now, the high school class in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four they need a minute. You got to buy him a minute with the transfer portal. So yes, he's been able to do it. He's got to do it for at least one more year. Yeah. Hopefully we're in a good spot to be able to do that. A lot of it is going to do all this portal stuff is not going to matter if the results on the field don't at least equate to seven or eight wins, right? We, I don't think that any of this matters if we come out here and win six or less games next season. This is all going to look like all season bluster. Like you have to go out here. And why I say seven or eight wins is because four to five wins should be guaranteed. There, right. There's no reason why you shouldn't at least win five games considering your cross game this year is Vanderbilt. No disrespect to Vanderbilt, but all disrespect intended. Yes. Um, and you've got three non-con games that are all winnable, right? Right. Because they're against nobodies. 
And then you've got your Cal game, who you should win, right? Like you right. should win that game. Right. So you, five games you should win. Then you've got the Mississippi schools and Arkansas. Three of those games, you should be in competition to win all three of them. Right. But if you can only get one of those games and then you can't beat LSU, Bama, or Georgia, you're in a bad spot. Or A&M. Or A&M. I always forget this. Last one, yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. like those are the four teams, right, that are on your schedule every year that are supposed to be good. A&M is going to get big-time big recruiting classes. Bama, Georgia are going to get big. They're always going to have four and five stars trotting out there at the two deep in those four schools. Right. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. Yeah. Where you're closer in your recruiting stuff is going to be Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State. So you need to be able to win those games. Right. If you can and if you can do that, boom, you're at eight wins. Yeah. Or seven wins. I don't know how many I just counted. No, that's seven eight, wins. That's so if you get to eight wins in your season at that point in time, you've done everything you're supposed to do. That gets you now into that next tier conversation for that next recruiting year. And that's where Coach Hugh Freeze is trying to get to. And my point in all of that is, if you're below seven wins in your first season, none of this stuff matters. It just doesn't right. matter. Unless the way that you're losing is a bunch of fluke stuff and you're putting up a bunch of points and they're like, oh, we just are one or two pieces away. Like, it's really competitive games, but it's some kind of fluky thing happened where it was rain and somebody slipped. and like some, It's got to yeah. be crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, you need to come out here and win seven to eight games or all of this portal talk is going to be absolutely irrelevant. Yeah. Because it's not going to translate to anything that you can recruit on the next year. For sure. That's it, man. We're going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us as always. We'll be back at you guys with another drop tomorrow morning. Until then, and as always, War Eagle, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.